With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gittin Daf Memvav, page 46. We begin on the bottom of Memhei page 45b. And we're going on the case in the Mishnah where it said that if someone is divorcing his wife because of some kind of uh, promiscuous activity that's reported or because she's making too many vows, so we said that he's not allowed to remarry her afterwards. Now the Gemara says, Rav Nachman, Rav Yosef Bar-Nyomi says in the name of Rav Nachman, The case is talking about specifically where he said, as he's divorcing her, I'm divorcing you because of your promiscuous activity that I heard about. Because of the vows that you made, that's why I'm divorcing you. So you must say that. He must have said that in order for the whole thing to be true, in order for us to say that he can't remarry her. Why does he say this? Why, why must he have said this? Because he holds the reason is, my, what's the reason? That the whole issue here has to do with the fact that something's going to happen like this. The story's going to happen like this. That he's divorcing his wife. And he's saying it's because of the fact that you went and you were promiscuous. You did some horrible thing with somebody. I don't even know who it was, but I heard that that's what you did. Now, she's going to go off. She's gonna, she has her get. She has the divorce document. She's going to marry somebody else. She's going to have kids. And now the husband, the first husband is going to say, he's going to find out that it wasn't even true. That prom- promiscuity didn't even happen. And he's going to say, hey, the only reason I give you that get in the first place is because I said to myself, well, when she goes and she goes off and she's divorced, then and, and then I find out that in fact the promiscuity didn't happen. So then I'll, I'll remarry her. And that, so by saying that, really what's going to happen is like this. That the fact that he's saying that is showing that when he originally gave the get, when he originally gave the divorce document, he didn't really mean to divorce her. And thereby... So it will create a kilkel because the children will be considered mamzerim now because he didn't really divorce her because the original get was given over with a mistake. And so so what we say is like this. We say, you cannot go and remarry this woman. We tell him from the beginning. You can't go and remarry her, so you're not going to have any excuse. And if he comes and says, oh, I, I meant to divorce her and I'm going to remarry her, we say, I'm sorry, we already informed you that you can't remarry her. So therefore, he's not going to be believed anymore to say that he, that he planned to remarry her and therefore, he's not going to be able to ruin the original get retroactively. And that's the takana that we make to prevent any kind of kilkul, any kind of bastards that will come out of the thing. So the Gemara says like this, if he said it to her like this, I mean he said to originally that I'm divorcing you because of what you've done, so so then he theoretically would be able to ruin her later on. So that's why we have to say to him, you cannot marry, you cannot remarry her in the future. But if he had not said this, he can never claim that he was doing it because of promiscuity and, and therefore he, when he originally gave it, he had in mind that he's going to get her back. He has no more claims anymore. And therefore we say that, uh, so it's clear from this statement that the issue here has to do with Kilkul. We're going to see that there's another explanation about why it could possibly be that we would not allow her Allow him to remarry her. those who say said in the name of Nachman as follows. In this version, what he's saying is like this: He has to inform her. Indeed, when he's going and he's divorcing, he has to tell her that the reason that I'm divorcing you is because of the bad name that's gone out on you because of your promiscuous activity. Or if he's doing it for some kind of vow, he has to say explicitly, the reason I'm divorcing you is because of the, the vow that you made. In this version, it's because he holds time of mind. What's the reason? That this is in order to prevent Jewish women from being promiscuous and also from being not careful with their vows. That's why it's necessary that he say this when he divorces her. 
Tanya Kalishna Kama. We have a Brysa like the first version. Tanya Kalishna Basra, and we have a Brysa like the second version. Tanya Kalishna Kama, we have a Brysa like the first version, that the reason why has to do with the fact that we're going to create some kind of situation where the children are mamzerim. What's the reason why we said that someone who divorces his wife because of some kind of bad name that's gone, or, gone around about her, that what's the reason why we say that he can't he can't bring her back? And if he divorces her because of a vow, he can't remarry her. Because we're afraid that she'll go and she'll marry someone else. And then he'll find out that the whole thing was a fraud; it wasn't true. If I would have known that this was the case, even if someone would have given me a hundred dollars, I would never have divorced her. The nimsa get bottle, so it will come out that retroactively the get is no good. But now mamzerim, the children are mamzerim. The fichach amrim, therefore we tell him, have yoydea shamoitzias ishto mishum shemra lo yachzir. That's why we say to him that you should know that if you divorce your wife because of a because of a because of negative news about her, so you can't remarry her mishum neder lo yachzir. So he knows that he can't make this claim at a later point that if I would have known, I would have remarried her. Sorry, buddy, it's too bad. You can't remarry her. The Gemara continues. Tani Kalishna Basra, we have a second, uh, like the second version. Amr Bilazir, Rabbi Yaisi. Why do we say that if someone divorces his wife because of some kind of false accusations about her that she was promiscuous, that he should not remarry her? And if he divorces her because of a vow that he can't remarry her? This is all in order that the Jewish women shouldn't be promiscuous and they should be careful about their vows. Therefore we say to her, we say, I'm sorry, to the husband, and more Lord, tell her, have you that you should know, that I'm divorcing you because of this negative news that I heard about you, and because of the vows, that's why I'm divorcing you. So we said in the Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda says that any neder, any vow that people, that the general public knows about, so then he can't remarry her. But if people don't know about it, then he can indeed remarry her, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shubin Levi, Rabbi Shubin Levi says, My time with Rabbi Yehuda, what's the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda? The verse says, This is the story of the Gevoinim, they came to the Jewish people, the Jewish people were commanded by Hashem to kill out all of the nations inside of Israel, and these were one of the nations, and they came and they pretended to be from far away, and they wanted to make some kind of covenant with the people of Israel. And so in the end, because of that covenant that they made, they tricked the people of Israel, they tricked the Jews. But nevertheless, the Jews kept that covenant. So what do we see? We see from there that since this covenant was made in public in front of everyone, it's like a vow that was made in public, therefore they had to keep it, despite the fact that they had a commandment to kill these people, they didn't kill these people. Verabon, what did the rabbis say? Was there any swear that had fallen upon them at all? Since the whole swear was originally making as a mistake, they said that they came from a faraway place and it wasn't true. So there was no swear that was that had come into effect upon them, klal at all. Because they they didn't want it to look like you know when the Jews make a swear so they don't have to keep their swear. So they wanted they didn't want to make a chil Hashem in that in that respect and therefore they didn't kill them. Vikama Rabim, what's considered that you did it in front of a lot of people? Rav Nachman Amar, Rav Nachman says Shalosh, in front of three. Rav Yitzchak Amar Asar, Rav Yitzchak says that it has to be in front of ten. Rav Nachman Amar Shalosha, he says in front of three, because he has a drasha, this is in regards, Rashi says, to a zava. Yomim Shnaim, the verse says Yomim, it means two. Rabim, 
Shloisha. When it says Rambam, it means three. So from there we learn that the, the number is three. Yisachar says, no, it has to be ten people, because the verse says it has to be done, that the, the verse, I'm sorry, in Yehoshua says, that the swear was done in front of, by, or by the Nesiyei HaEda, and Eda means always ten people. So therefore, in order for the, to consider that it was done in front of a lot of people, it has to be in front of ten. So another Gemara continues. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, "Any nether requires, etc." So we said in the Mishnah that any nether that requires a valor requires a chacham, a person who is a talmud a rabbi, to in order to undo the vow. So we said that in such a case, so then only in that case is it that he cannot remarry her. Tanya Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, the, according to Rabbi Lazar, so both cases, whether it is required, you have to have this guy come, you know, the woman has to go to a chacham, some kind of wise person, in order to annul the vow, or whether the husband himself could do it, both cases are indeed, he cannot remarry her. So they said that in the case of a chacham, in the case of a wise person, that, that he can't remarry her, it's because of the case, it's a xero because of the case, where it's not necessary to go to the wise person because the husband can do it. But Michael Mavligi, what's the argument? Rabbi Meir Sava, Rabbi Meir says that it's only in the case where you require some kind of chacham, some kind of wise person. Because he holds, Savar, he holds, Adam Bezin, that a person has no problem with his wife being embarrassed in front of Bezin. Therefore, he would have the ability to say at some later point that if I would have known about the fact that she could go in front of a chacham, in front of a court, and annul that vow, then I wouldn't have divorced her. However, according to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar holds, that a man does not want his wife to be embarrassed in front of a court. And therefore, he would never ever say in the future that if I would have known that it could be undone in front of a wise person in front of a court that I wouldn't have divorced because he doesn't want his wife to be embarrassed and have to go in front of a court and therefore in such a case so he says that's why Rabbi Lazar says the only reason that we said that that case he cannot remarry her is only because of the case where he says that I, if I would have known that I could undo it that I could annul that vow that I would have done so so since he could have such a taina before later on I'm sorry so therefore we say in that case he can't remarry her and also in the case of a chacham he also can't remarry her also important that we understand that all these cases, the reason that we're saying that he can't remarry her in the future is because we don't want him to be able to say at some future t- time after she's gone and remarried to someone else and had kids with that person, that if I would have known, I would have I would have waited and I would have uh, you know remarried her myself. We say no, when he getting when he's getting divorced, he has to know that he can't remarry her. Bottom line. So that we don't have any problems in the future. Amr Biyasi Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda says like this. There's a story in Sidon Machul, etc. Who's the one that's saying this story? So there was no continuity between the previous part of the Mishnah and the story. So the Gemara is saying like this. There's something missing. And this is how you read it. When do we say this? When she herself had made this vow. Let's say the man made the vow. So then he can indeed remarry her. And Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says like this. Then there was a story exactly like this case. So so he said to his wife that I sw- that he made a vow on himself if I if he wouldn't go and divorce me. He promises he's going to divorce, and if he doesn't, then he's not going to eat fruits of the world. Let's say. And then he went and he divorced her. And the rabbis allowed him to remarry her for a rectification of the world. We turn to the Mavavim Beis, page 46b. My koinam, what was this vow that he made? The cases we're talking about where he said that all the fruits in the world should be forbidden to me if I do not divorce you. 
So we said that they permitted him to take her back and, and remarry her. Pshita, it's obvious, of course, he fulfilled his vow. We might think like this. We should make some kind of decree because of this, uh, this statement of Rabbi Nassim, the, the Tanya. Rabbi Nassim, we have a breast that says that Rabbi Nassim said, that whoever makes a vow, it's as if he's built a, a uh, some kind of altar which are forbidden. If once there's a base amigdash, once the base amigdash was built a temple and had an altar in the temple, it was only in the temple that was permitted. So someone who makes a vow, it's considered like he's built a, an altar outside of the temple. And whoever rem- allows his vow to remain and doesn't go and undo the vow, so it's as if he has brought some kind of sacrifice upon this upon this altar, which is absolutely forbidden. So in other words, the basic bottom line here is that we would have thought that since he made a nether, and he didn't undo the nether, so we should say to him that, okay, now we're not going to allow you to remarry your wife afterwards. So that's why we say that, no, he can indeed remarry his wife. Now the Gemara says, We said that he can remarry her because of a tikkun ha'olam. My tikkun ha'olam, what is the fixing, what's the rectification of the world we're talking about? Rav Sheshesh says, Aresha, it's going back on the previous cases, it's not going back on our case, it's going on the previous cases, and saying that in those previous cases, there was some kind of tikkun ha'olam, some kind of rectification for the world. Ravina says, Really it's going on our case, and this is what it's saying, we don't have to, to be worried about the thing that we said that he made a vow and we don't prevent him from vows. But no, we don't say any kind of tikkun ha'olam here, and we don't we don't prevent him from going and remarrying his previous wife. Masisim we begin the Mishnah. Let's say somebody divorces his wife because he thinks that he's she has the she does not have the ability to have children. Rabbi says lo yachzir can't remarry her. Chachamim say indeed he can remarry her. Let's say she goes and she gets married to someone, and they had children, and now she's coming back to this husband, the first husband, and says, I want the money for my ksuva, meaning she's saying, I didn't trick you, I do have the ability to have children. So Yehuda says, We tell her, it's better that you keep quiet than you speak, because he could easily say, the husband could easily say, if I would have known that you could have children, I wouldn't have divorced you in the first place, and that would create all kinds of mamzeres, all kinds of problems, and we don't want to start up, and therefore we say to her, don't bother asking for your money. Gemara, we begin the Gemara. Lememra, is this the Seder Behuda Chayesh Lekalkula? Rabbanan Lechayesh Lekalkula? So, what do we see from Rabbi Huda? Rabbi Huda says that uh, we tell her that don't say anything. So, we see that Rabbi Huda says that we're afraid that some kind of destruction is going to come out because of this. So, it sounds like that. And the Rabbis, it sounds like that they're not worried about such a thing. We said in the last Mishnah the exact opposite of the Tanah we know in the Mishnah. Someone who divorces his wife, Mishnah Shemra, because of some kind of negative things that he heard about her, like can't remarry her. He can't remarry her. And if he divorces because of a vow, he can't remarry her. Rabbi Yehuda, but here, what does Rabbi Yehuda say? If it's not a vow that everyone knows about, he can indeed remarry her. We can deduce that the rabbis are worried about the kilkul. That's why they say that even by a private vow, in fact, he's allowed. To, he's not allowed to remarry her. I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda. And here we see, and in, in, the, in the previous Mishnah, that Rabbi Yehuda holds that we're not worried about any kind of destruction, which is the exact opposite of our case. Of in our Mishnah, our Mashmuel Epoch. So Shmuel says, switch around the rabbis in our Mishnah. The Mar says, wait. Vahamid Tani Seifa says in the end of the Mishnah, Nisais la Acher that if she goes and she marries someone else, and there were children from it, Vihitai Vas Ksuvasa, and she's coming to get the 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 Ksuva money. Amr Bihuda, Amr Lashti Kusechia Femi Diburech. Rabbi Yehuda says to her that. Uh, 
It's the Rabbi Yehuda's the one that's saying that it's better to be quiet. So you see that you can't just switch it around. We see that Rabbi Yehuda is the one who is indeed worried about some kind of repercussions later on, negative repercussions. So the Gemara says, We can switch this also and say that this was actually said by the Rabbanim, the Chachamim. Abaye gives us a different explanation. We don't have to switch around the names of the rabbis in our Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda. And so how are we going to explain Rabbi Yehuda? So Rashi says right away, Rabbi Yehuda holds, will tell you, bottom line, he holds that we are worried about some kind of kilkul, some kind of negative repercussions that the husband is going to come along and say, if I would have known, I would have tried to get her back, I would have remarried her. So Bahahi, in that case, He holds both like Rabbi Meir in a certain sense and like Rabbi Lazar in a certain sense. Bitzarich, in a case where she needs to go and find some chacham, some kind of wise person to annul her vow, So he will hold like Rabbi Lazar, and Rabbi Lazar holds that in a case where you need a chacham, so the husband does not want his wife to be embarrassed in front of a bezdin. Therefore, he will never say that if I would have known, I would have sent her to the chacham to, to undo it. And in the case where you don't need a chacham, he holds like Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir says that in the case where the husband could have done it, nevertheless, he would never say, or he can't say, that he would have, if he would have known, that he wouldn't have divorced and he would have annulled the vow. So therefore, in both of those, in, in both of those cases, there's no such case as a vow that Rabbi Yehuda will hold requires that we say that you can't remarry her because he'll never be able to say in any of those cases that if I would have known, I wouldn't have, I would have gone and done that. Amar Rava, Rava says like this: The Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbi Yehuda Kasha, the Rabban and the Rabban Kasha. What you're making it sound like there's only a problem between the Rabbi Yehudas that you're coming to resolve. What about the problem between the Rabbanas? They switch, they flip around also. So the Gemara says, Ela Amarava, so Rabbi, Rava says, the Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda, the This problem between the two Rabbi Yehudas is, the, well, the explanation is as we just answered. The Rabbanan, the Rabbanan, the it's not a problem between the two Rabbanans, Man Chachamim Rabbi Meir. So who are the Chachamim? Rabbi Meir, it's Rabbi Meir, the Amar Ba'inan Tanai Kafel. In our Mishnah, the reason that this is a different Chachamim than the previous Mishnah is because it's Rabbi Meir here, who he requires in general that you need when you make some kind of condition, you need to say both sides of the condition, meaning you need to say, if I do this, then this will be the repercussion. And if I don't do this, then this will, then that won't be the repercussion. You need to say both sides of the condition. And the problem over here is that you didn't say both sides of the condition, and that's why in this case, we're going to say that it's not going to work. Meaning, Rashi explains that when he when he went and he divorced her, so he has to say to her that I'm divorcing you because of the fact that you are an islandist, you have no children. And he didn't say, and if you do have children, then I'm not divorcing you. So since he didn't say that, therefore, he can never come back and say that he's going to undo the efficacy of this divorce document. The Mishnah says, the next Mishnah, someone who sells himself, he has bun of love and his children to non-Jews. We do not redeem him. But we do indeed redeem the children after their father dies. What are we talking about? A case where he sold himself again and again and again. For, meaning, normally for the first time we will indeed redeem him, but after he does it more than one time, we don't redeem him anymore. Hanu there are these children of the place of this place called Bay Merci. The Yasvi Zuzi Merdekachavim. They borrowed money from a non-Jew. They didn't have the money to pay. So they went and they were they were dragging them out and they were capturing them. And they were taking them as payment. They came in for Ravuna. He said to them, "My what can I do for you?" Because the Mishnah says, "I can't help you because the Mishnah says that someone who sells himself to a non-Jew, we can't redeem you." 
Omar le Rabbi Abba. So Rabbi Abba said to him, Madatani, Rabbeinu, you taught me, Rabbi, Vuhusha Machar Vishanavishilish. The only time that we say this is only if you've sold yourself one, two, three times. More than just once. Omar Lei, Hani Margal Regili Da'avdi Hachi. These people have already accustomed themselves to doing this type of thing, and therefore indeed it's been more than one time, and therefore we do not redeem them. We'll continue from here in the next daily daf.